Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I'm on the phone with Brian, and today we're going to be talking about the 2015 horror film Hell House LLC, written by Stephen Cognetti and starring Ryan Jennifer, Danny Bellini, and Gore Abrams. In this film, a documentary crew explores the suspicious circumstances surrounding the opening of a new haunted house that results in tragedy. As usual, Brian and I are going to have a spoiler-free discussion up front, we'll talk about the background of the film, and then we'll take a short musical break and dive into the plot, the spoilers, and hit some reviews. Uh, Brian, I feel like this is a film that's been mentioned to us by uh, a few listeners, right? It has, yeah, and I think uh, maybe the the nod goes to uh, Lefty Lucy on this one for encouraging us to cover this. Got it. I, I, yeah, I feel like it's been on uh, my radar too. I I, I don't know if it, maybe because it was streaming or it made some uh, year end list or something, but I, I feel like it's a well known um, kind of indie classic horror film. Yeah, and it's an intriguing title. Yeah, yeah, right. I love the LLC. It, it it's kind of a small business, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it adds a little bit of intrigue. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny when you, when you Google the name of this. I feel like the top uh, article that pops up, or, or like uh, topics that pop up, are asking if this film was real or like based on like a, a real company or haunted house. So oh, I, really? Interesting. Yeah, I, I think it goes to your point of like the title being kind of like unique. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like genre-wise, this is uh, a film about a haunted house, and like we, we've seen a few films like Haunt and Houses October Built, whatever that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Do you, you like this genre of films? Like the little, tiny little pocket of, uh, like, Halloween haunts horror? Yeah. I do, theoretically, <laughs> I like the possibilities that it presents. Like, it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, what, Hellfest is another one that fits in there. It's not like a big subgenre. It's tiny. It um, is, right? Maybe the Fun House from 1981. I feel like it's kind of a descendant of like carnival horror or circus horror too. Like, um, hmm. did you ever read Something Wicked This Way Comes? No, that's a book. Yeah, it's a book by Ray Bradbury from the 60s, and it's kind of like a traveling carnival that comes into town with something spooky at the heart of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, or that Goosebumps book, One Day at Horrorland, about a haunted amusement park. Oh, yeah, classic. Yep. Like yeah, I feel like you know, those are carnivals, amusement parks, but they all kind of fall into this same little subgroup to me. Yeah, yeah, like that—the idea of like being at one of those settings and like something scary happening there. It's it's kind of like yeah. a, a setting that lends itself to creepiness already, right? Exactly. Yeah, and especially with a haunted house or a haunted attraction where you're in this narrow space with people scaring you in the dark without like any real oversight or accountability necessarily yeah. it's uh you're putting yourself in a really vulnerable situation and completely trusting the people running the thing so that's sure i think it's a cool place to uh, explore some some scary themes yeah yeah it is there's a small number of films that uh, take place uh, like at a haunted house and i, I want to say it's like in the last like five ten years most of those have come out right yeah, uh, Hellfest, Haunt, uh, The House is October Built, all in the past five years or so, it seems. Yeah, do you remember um, seeing this movie? Do, do you remember, like, growing up, like, seeing movies that took place at haunted houses? Uh, no, no, I don't. I mean, The Fun House from the 80s and uh, Something This Way Comes was a movie. Something Wicked This Way Comes was a movie in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Scooby Doo. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that kind of some <laughs> of those were kind of similar. That's the OG. Version of this, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, or even you could say Freaks from the '30s. Remember that one? Oh yeah, it took place like at a circus or something, or carnival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there something like maybe I, I know you're a bigger fan of like more subtle type of horror. Like, do you feel like it's duplicative to like uh, you know either you go to a haunted house or you watch a scary movie? And most horror films like they might take place in a house and like scary things happen there. But the idea of like uh, using the haunted house as a setting for a horror film, do you feel like that might be like over the top or duplicative? Um, I don't know. I think I like it. It, it adds some layers. Like this one specifically was kind of a haunted attraction that was made in a haunted house <laughs> oh sure it's a horror it's a horror movie about that haunted attraction in that haunted house so yeah i think it's pretty rich 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of, uh, yeah, it's definitely very layered and kind of kind of comes at it from all angles. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think that I've still yet to see the movie that really nails this. Um, yeah. But they all, one thing they have in common is that they're, of the three I've seen, Haunt and The Houses Act Overbuilt and this, they are all scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you and I have talked about that before, a way to differentiate, like, horror from actual scary horror. Right. Or at least horror that can, you know, is intentionally trying to be pretty scary. And I think that uh, Houses October Built, Haunt, and Hell House all had that in common. Like, they're going they're going for scares. They're not right. trying to be anything more than, than that. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that For better part. or worse. Right, I mean, because that's what haunted houses are going for, right? So you kind of have to play to that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that about them too. Um, I, you know, to me, it's kind of like watching uh, a movie about a play, or which I, you know, I know there are a few of those out there, but um, it's just say, yeah. To to me, it's like, um, or like instead of going on a roller coaster, watching a movie about someone going on a roller coaster or something. <laughs> I, you don't get that kind of feeling. Um, no, no, I guess I kind of see what you're saying, but I don't, I don't feel that way. Although, I mean, they're leveraging some of the scares from a typical haunted house. That's for sure. Yeah, sure. But at the same time, these movies that we've seen aren't that different than the, uh, I don't want to get into reviewing this too quickly, but like. The shallow scares of a haunted attraction. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of use that to its benefit. Right. Yeah. 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 It's nice to that. And I think especially in like these times, like you know, I, I don't think most of us last year probably didn't make it out to a haunt or a haunted house. So it's kind of refreshing to to see these films and kind of be remember, reminded of like you know what makes these uh, such great attractions too. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time to to dig into these films. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You get some like of, of that like kind of live feel with it. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, as you mentioned, if you Google this, it's people looking up whether or not it's real. I don't know if we mentioned, I think this kind of falls into the mockumentary subgenre too. Like not only is it found footage, but it's kind of presented as a documentary about what happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, not unlike can... Lake Mungo. Oh, sure. Which the director cited as an influence actually. Oh, the uh, Cognetti. Yeah, he did. He cited Lake Mungo as an influence and also NBC's Dateline. <laughs> wow, that's funny. <laughs> I was, I've got a, I had a question for you later if some, some of this like reminded you of uh, Unsolved Mysteries, but yeah, Dateline's close enough. That's yeah, for good, sure. Good comparison. Uh, that That's cool, man. Um, and, you know, com- compared to the, those other movies, Houses, October Built, and Haunt, I do feel like the, these three films, like, uh, while, like, the setting is similar for all of them, like, at a haunted house or something, they each kind of approach it from a different angle, which is pretty creative, I think, right? Yeah, it is. They all have a, a little something different about what's going on, like, what's actually behind the scares. Is that what you mean? Uh, what's behind the scares, and even, like, your main characters, like, in, in Haunt, it's, like, a group of people going through the haunted house. In uh, The House is October Built, it's, like, a, this uh, film crew that's going to, like, a bunch of them, right? And in, in, in this one, it's actually the people who are making the haunted house. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah, and Haunt is not found footage. The other two are. Oh, right, yeah, right, right. Um, this one is found footage. Uh, do, do you feel like it's hundred percent found footage? Cause I, I feel like sometimes you'd have like clips of, uh, like, like interviews probably, which I don't know if, you know, entirely count as found footage. Yeah. That's where the mockumentary subgenre tag comes into play. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting mix of things. Um, yeah, I imagine I couldn't find any budget numbers, but I ma- imagine this is like a pretty low budget film. I think I heard the director mention forty grand in an interview. Oh wow, yeah, that's low. Or at least he said that's how much they raised. I'm pretty sure. Okay, that sounds about right. Um, and they actually, I think, shot it at a haunted hotel, but it was in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. It was an actual haunted house that really was an abandoned hotel. Right. Right. That's cool. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't think the director or the cast here have much of like a filmography outside of this film or like the part two or part three of this film. Were, were you able to find anything else? No, they really don't. Um, 
Adam Schneider, who played Andrew, was in Dark Skies from 2013, which I had heard of. Oh, yeah. He had but a very familiar face. But I, do, do you remember? Have you seen that film? I haven't seen it. Have you? No, no. But he, he just, <laughs> he looks really familiar. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Stephen Cognetti's only feature films have been this and then Hell House LLC 2, The Abaddon Hotel from 2018 and Hell House LLC 3, Lake of Fire from 2019. Yeah. Damn, that's great. I can't believe this is a trilogy. I wonder how the other films are. Yeah, I'm intrigued to watch those. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I think House's October Built also has like a, a sequel out there, right? It does, yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's cool they're trying to make a, a franchise of these films. Um, yeah, sure, and if they're cheap to make, hopefully they make money off of them, and they that's why they made the sequels, so good for yeah. them. Yeah, right, right. It must be a moneymaker. Um, yeah, and, uh, I mean, it sounds like at least this one, like, was pretty well received by critics. It's got, like, an 89%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I saw is, 75, but maybe I'm wrong. Ah, uh, you know, yeah, maybe I didn't pull it from, like, uh... I think you got that 89 from Wikipedia, and Wikipedia was wrong. Oh, man, Wikipedia's wrong? Outdated information? I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this on the spot, as I rarely do on a recording. Yeah, yeah, let me know. The 75 maybe sounds a little more accurate to me. I was, I was surprised to see 89. Yeah, please hold. <laughs> yeah, 75 and 72. 75 oh. critics, 72 users. Wow, that's the first time uh, I, I, I haven't... That, that, that score hasn't matched between Wikipedia and Rotten Tomatoes. Very interesting. Have you seen that happen before? The first time that what? The score... On, on Wikipedia, doesn't match what's on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I've seen it before, but never that big of a gap. Oh, okay. That was probably done early on. Yeah, yeah. No one came back and revisited it. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Maybe you'd better get in there and fix that. I know, I know. I'll, For I'll the next it. guy. Yeah, I'll do that right after this. <laughs> For the next <laughs> the next uh, podcast that's reviewing this film. Uh, yeah, it, it, otherwise I thought the background, uh, not, not much else out there. Were you able to find anything else interesting? Uh, I have pretty much no other background info aside from what comes into play in our Ohio connection. All right, cool. Let's yeah, let's jump to it. All right, our, our Ohio connection, as always, comes from our friend Alex. He connects every movie we watch to our home state of Ohio for us. Alex owns the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. Go check out their socially distanced patio. Uh, grab some retail inside the store, or check them out on Uber Eats and order yourself some pierogi. And Alex says, Hell Health's Hell, <laughs> Hell House. Wow, I've never realized how hard that is to say. <laughs> Hell House LLC is a found footage genre horror film from 2015 revolving around a haunted house gone wrong. It was filmed at The Haunting at the Waldorf Hotel, a real life attraction located in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. Many of the actors are unknown with minimal film experience. The cinematography was performed by Brian C. Harnick. His work spans film and television, including the 2015 romantic dramedy Completely Normal, starring, among others, actress Turna Mate. Turna Mate was born and raised in Toledo, Ohio. Wow. Nice, nice. It's a good yeah. one. Uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling that one wasn't easy with the uh, the low profiles of the people involved in this I movie, know. but he got it. I know. Yeah, yeah. Way to go. Uh, have you heard of that movie? I've never heard of that movie, have you? No. No, I have not. Okay. Wow, random one. Cool. Nice job, Alex. Yeah, right. thanks, Alex. Yeah. Um, great. Well, uh, anything else, or do you think we should uh, jump into the plot and spoilers in our review? Let's spoil some stuff. All right, cool. Um, hey, do you mind if we take a quick break, though, before we do? Uh, I, th- I think there's someone standing in this uh, closet with me, and I just I, I got to check it out. Oh, goodness. Okay, let me know. All right, cool. I'll be right back. Hey, Brian, sorry about that. I'm back. What's up? Oh, it was just this mannequin. I've, I've noticed uh, it just kind of shows up in random places. Uh, it's been happening like for the last week or two. Uh, kind of just like pops up by my bed at night or like in the closet or sometimes when I'm in the bathroom, it'll just show up there. But I, I think that's normal, right? Like, I mean, that, that, nothing to be worried about there, I don't think, right? Yeah, just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Ah, uh, yeah. Everything's going to be fine. 
that's what I figure. Most, most things kind of resolve itself that, that way. <laughs> that sounds about right. All, all mannequin-related troubles solve themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just give it some time and some patience. It'll take care of itself. <laughs> oh, man. That's... I, I know in scary films, uh, you know, you're always like, there's always a part of you yelling at characters, like, you know, get out of there, like, stop doing that. But I, I had some moments in this film where I just really struggled to understand why uh, the characters were doing certain things. I, did you feel that way at all? I think that this film is pretty high on that list yeah. of why would anyone keep brushing these things off. I know. Fortunately, there's an answer, which <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that one soon, right? Is there an answer? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this movie kicks off uh, with some found footage from 2009. It's showing this opening night of this new haunted house called Hell House. Uh, we see a video of one of the patrons walking through the haunted house, and it, it looks, you know, pre- pretty legit, like a, a normal uh, haunt. And uh, suddenly we see, like, this flood of people trying to escape from the basement, screaming. Uh, and then uh, the person also has to, like, run and evacuate the place, so we don't know what happened there. We see some flashes of news stories where people are talking about how many people died that night and uh, something about people going uh, being attacked in the basement uh, with uh, something coming out of the walls. We see photos from a photographer who got in there that shows blood on the stairs of the basement. Here's some testimonials from people who have tracked the case over the years. And uh, I think we just kind of realized there's still some big outstanding questions on what really happened that night and uh, and uh, kind of setting the stage for uh, the rest of the film. What, what did you think of this setup? I like it. It sets the stage nicely. I was down. What did you think? Me too. Like, it, it wasn't, like, very scary or anything. I, I think it avoided, like, you know, uh, getting being too creepy, but it, like, sets up the sense of mystery, like something crazy has happened and now this movie's going to try to, like, explain what, what we just saw. Yeah. Yeah, and they, it's the typical, you know something goes wrong, but you don't know why or how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, or and all the details. Yeah, exactly. And that's the part that kind of reminds me of, like, Unsolved Mysteries, or maybe, as you mentioned, like, Dateline and stuff. That is, they always kind of, like, lead with that, like, headline, like, this all happened. How did it happen? Stay tuned to find out or something. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very Dateline. Yeah, yeah. And commercial break. Uh, so then we jump to uh, present day, <laughs> which is like, I guess, 2014 or 15, so a few years later. There's this documentary crew that's reinvestigating the scene. Uh, they're doing these interviews with people, um, you know, which we're starting to hear a little bit more about like some of the mysterious stuff that was going on. And to their surprise, one of the creators of the haunted house, this woman named Sarah, who's been missing since uh, the, the night of the tragic events, shows up randomly. And she's brought with her uh, a bag that has uh, a videotape of uh, that, that kind of documents all the days leading up to the opening night of Hell House. Uh, did you feel like something was off here? Um, something seemed off, but I wasn't sure what. <laughs> she was just very odd. She was she was very odd, and they're like, "Oh, where have you been all this time?" And I think she's just like, "Oh, I was with family, friends. I'm in a better place." But yeah, you, you could tell like this. I, I couldn't tell if it was the acting or if she was like purposely being like mysterious or weird. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, we meet our main characters. Uh, so, so we jump to the documentary tape that she brought with her, uh, which is the found footage from uh, years ago when they were building this haunted house. And there are five people who are involved, including Sarah. It's basically her and four other dudes. They're this crew of people who've made haunted houses uh, in New York City, and they decided to open one kind of in this rural area called Abaddon at this abandoned hotel uh, that's like in this small uh, town. Uh, we immediately see that this hotel, it's, it's kind of creepy, uh, and probably the most creepiest part of the hotel is in the basement. I think there's like a, uh, what do you call that star that people, is it a pentagram? A pentagram? A pentagram, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a pentagram. Pentagram sounds scarier, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that should be... <laughs> there's a we'll pentagram. Go with that. All right. So, yeah, there's a pentagram and a number of uh, Bibles uh, hanging out in the basement. And as uh, people who throw haunted houses, I think they can kind of appreciate that, like, something uh, is a little amiss here, but they don't really dwell on it too too much. Uh, what, what did you think of, like, the haunted house in, the, in that place as a setting? I thought it was an awesome setting, man. And the basement is like a dungeon. Yeah. So in terms of location scouting, they they really hit the jackpot with this place. 
Yeah, yeah, right. It was really well portrayed. Lighting was cool. It's like really old, like dungeon-like. Yeah, you're right. Like kind of stone slabs and stuff. Pretty archaic. Yeah, and it was a bit of a confusing layout too. Like it was a, it didn't seem like a huge building, but a lot of kind of nooks and crannies and small hallways and stuff, uh, which worked out well for them. Yeah, right. That's like what you want for a haunted house, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so over the next few weeks, they start to convert this place into a haunted house. Uh, but some strange things start happening. Uh, we see figures in the background sometimes. Um, there's, uh, this mannequin dummy that, uh, they kind of set it up to say, oh, uh, the head doesn't move on this one. So we're going to have to point it one way. But then it was just a setup because we start to see that mannequin show up at, at random places. And it's a pretty scary kind of looking clown figure. They also catch on their cameras some strange robed uh, or hooded figures uh, popping up under strobe lights. Sometimes the piano will play by itself. And then we also get this backstory that it sounds like one of the guys knew that this hotel was originally owned by someone who might have been uh, like a devil worshiper and ended up uh, and, and who hung himself in the hotel. Uh, so w- what did you think of like all these uh, scares, the sequences here? Were they pretty effective for you? I think at least one uh, one or two people had disappeared from the hotel as well in the past, hotel guests. Oh, yeah, when people would say, yeah, right. Some suspicious um, things. I thought the scares were pretty effective. Like, they took a little while to get going. Um, yeah. I remember 25 minutes into the movie, all I had seen was like a cloaked figure in the background of one of the shots. Mm-hmm. But once they pick up, they get going, and I think they're effectively done as far as the camera work goes and the set design. Um, the woman who runs this this haunt, this real-life haunt, her name's Angie Moyer, she ended up being the set designer for it. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah. I think she just helped set it up. However, you know, she has the experience setting up the haunted house. So Yeah. Uh, that was all done really well. I thought the the uh dummies and the like creatures that they used even though they may have just been like stock haunted house stuff they were creepy to me Mm -hmm. um that strobe light scene was really creepy just i think they also did a good job of that scenario we talk about sometimes of like okay what would be really scary if you were these people what would scare the shit out of you right now and they did that yeah yeah right exactly i mean you're you're, oh go ahead what did you think of it yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. Like uh, they they used uh, the setting of the haunted house, uh, both like the abandoned nature of this hotel and just how creepy it was on its own, or how creepy it is on its own, and then like all like the props that they were putting there uh, to like the I, I think the the best uh, it's it's like yeah to the maximum uh, effect, um, and yeah some of, some of those clowns and stuff uh, I, I really love that one clown that you see that keeps popping up like randomly in places and like uh, that that face uh, I, I think I think that, that that's a pretty scary visual right. It is, yeah, and the way they executed, just like, oh, it's in the hallway now, and oh, it's looking the other way now, and now it's gone. It yeah. just They did a good job building suspense, and the actors did a good job reacting to it, fairly honestly. Right, yeah, yeah, pretty natural. Yeah. Um, as a viewer, did you ever feel confused between like what was normal versus what might be something like paranormal happening, since they're like in a haunted house and they have like it staged to be obviously pretty scary and frightening. Like, were you ever wondering, like, oh, did that face move or something? Yeah, or like, oh my gosh, there's a person in the background. Or like, no, that's just a dummy that's meant to be there, I think. Yeah, right. Um, So yeah, sometimes it was confusing, but I think that was a good confusing. Yeah, right, right. A little more disorienting, too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm with you. Like, uh, it was it was a slow build. Like, there was a lot of, like, long, like, needless conversations that, that I was wondering why uh, they were happening. But once the st- scares kind of start kicking in, I, I feel like then it starts to hit its rhythm pretty well. Needless conversation is a through through line in the movie, I think. <laughs> Except for one critical uh, conversation that uh, is missing, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, I agreed. Um, so uh, things get creepier as it builds up towards opening night. Uh, one of the crew members... One night wakes up and finds this uh, ghost woman in his room and he's trying to hide under the covers from her, but uh, he gets abducted and he kind of just goes missing. Uh, I, I kind of like that sequence a lot. I thought that was really cool. You, you like that one? Yeah, I thought that was really suspenseful and uh, the ghost woman looked good. Yeah, yeah, right. So Again, like I, I, um, there wasn't 
a whole lot of room to act for these characters in some ways. Like it felt like improv a lot of the time, but mm-hmm. um, I think their acting to the scares like really that could have blown some of the scares if they hadn't pulled it off well. But they did a good job with that. And most of the acting, are you kind of attributing to the guy who's holding the camera and like his reactions, like what he was seeing? Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job specifically because he seems to be the one who sees most of the scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just kind of dismisses him, even though he's like got it on tape. Yeah. Was, yeah. Right. Was that you pulling a prank again? Is that you? What are you trying to do? <laughs> Come on, bro. Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. So bro uh yeah and then so uh i i think um in the next sequence uh, so yeah he gets abducted um there's another scary night where uh, they're hearing noises uh they're seeing that clown moving around some candles are lit up uh so now one of the other guys is like really spooked and he wants to get out of there but and and he's like threatening to leave you know before opening night and uh one of the guys the other crew guys confronts him and is like yo i need to talk to you and tell you something really important that's going to make you not want to uh, leave then the camera cuts and when it comes back on um they've had the conversation and the guy's like oh okay yeah you're right i can't leave but we never we never find out why right as far as i could tell we never find out why yeah is that not the dumbest thing ever isn't it <laughs> like I, I was tempted to rewatch like the whole like last 30 minutes of the movie to be like Something happened here and I totally missed it. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't think we ever find out why. I don't think so, man. What's the point of this scene? I know, I know. And I kind of forgot about it after the movie, but I woke up this morning like really angry because I I just remembered that they never like closed that. Like it was was just like this point, like he he was told something that there was a reason they had to stay there and couldn't walk away from the haunted house, but they never felt like the audience seemed to know what that reason was, which is, it's so fucked up, right? is really strange and i think it's kind of like the cap on a bunch of useless dialogue only to have this like really profound meaningful moment that ends up not being explained at all yeah yeah so much of the dialogue was just nonsense i think as you said broy and just like dudes button heads and like shitting on each other and like giving each other shit and it's just like i don't want to watch this for an hour and a half like yeah why are you wasting my time with these characters? Give right. me like a character arc or even somebody likable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know why they chose to play it like that. Maybe they thought it would be more realistic, but um, I, I don't, I'm not into it. Yeah, me neither. I, I don't think I've seen this before in a film where like you're a very critical point to the plot is just like totally like uh, so obviously like uh, withheld from the audience uh, yeah, and it's like so blatant. Like, like uh, I, I don't know if it's like a, a cheap move where like we're not going to tell you why, but you just have to like trust us that something was said that now is uh, the reason that everyone has to say. And I don't know, maybe it's like meant to be like a thought provoker and like for us to talk about, like spe- speculate on why it might be. But do, do, do you feel like uh, mentally stimulated to have that conversation? I don't think that this is the type of movie where you leave something like that open-ended. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you think it was? Like, we know so little about these characters. Like, there are zero possibilities. Like, yeah. the uh, the the drawing board is, like, endless. You could throw out anything, because we I don't know. really know There's anything so about anybody. I know, they're like, no clues to go off of, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listeners, if you know what that reason is and we just missed it, please let us know. I'm like yeah. embarrassed, but I, I really don't think they ever gave it. I know, I know. I, I hope someone out there knows, like maybe we just overlooked it. I mean, I would, that totally changed my perception of this film. I, 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 yeah, I don't know if I hope that because that would make us both pretty stupid if we both whiffed this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be too surprised, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I hate to be like, I feel like this saying this is like virtue signaling and like being woke, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of sick of the depiction of like dude friendships just being like a bunch of guys being like, oh, fuck you, dude, and fuck you, and like oh, yeah. insulting each other and being general dicks, but like yeah. they're really best friends and have known each other their whole lives. Like, right. I've never had a friendship like that, really, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I know, and you, and you went to Miami University. Right? It's the broiest place in the world. Yeah, I 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I know. I, I feel like that stereotype, uh, that kind of frat boy mentality or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't like, uh, like kind of like ring true at all, right? It feels like very like over stereotyped. It does, yeah. Just like dudes that don't really like like. I wish I had seen this movie before Houses October Built, so I wasn't as jaded about it. But that was kind of the same thing. Like, oh, you're right. Four dudes and one woman, and all the dudes were just kind of like not very nice to each other. Yeah. Yet we're supposed to believe that they're like friends for life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I don't. Know, I, I just assume they're that uh, maybe I, I don't have. Uh, I'm missing out on like a certain friend segment or something. But you, you think it's just like a like a un portrayal of of brotherhood and in, in dudes. I think it is a little bit. I mean, having been in in some pretty dude broy environments in my life, I don't think it's very accurate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's like an over oversimplification these films do sometimes uh, to create that dynamic. It's yeah, weird. yeah. All right, good. good and who? Call, I mean, also like, who, just who wants to see it? Like, <laughs> yeah. why? Why would a viewer be uh, like attached to anybody? I know acting this dude it's kind of like a slasher cast you know yeah sure where everyone's kind of disposable you're not really tied to anyone yeah and i mean maybe that was the goal i just don't really know why and you know in a slasher movie at least you get a bunch of like crappy lowbrow jokes and stuff like that and this it's just them kind of bickering with each other over whether or not they did a good job with a certain aspect of the haunted house yeah i didn't understand why i was watching so much of that yeah yeah i agree and uh, also for most of the film i didn't know like who was who really uh did, did you have that issue yeah i couldn't I, I it's one of those movies where i would struggle to say anybody's name yeah yeah i i feel like uh i mean to your point like yeah everyone is kind of like uh blanketed here from a character standpoint and, like you don't really know any of them or you're not really like kind of bought into any of them but uh you kind of know like the guy who's like running it who's dating sarah is kind of like a an asshole who's who's like in charge maybe and then there's like his sidekick who maybe has more of a heart and then there's the guy who's holding the camera who's like obviously spooked uh i mean i don't know i feel like you could maybe say one sentence potentially about all of them yeah right right That's about at it. best yeah and yeah, the right. dude uh the dude i think who's doing most of the camera work God, I, again i can't even keep track was yeah. like really inappropriate <laughs> oh. like kept telling this girl like how cute she was and like trying so, to like stroke her face and stuff it was, it was so weird. creepy yeah he's yeah. like all about like uh do we get to see the boobs or something that gives me topless you just like right really like obsessed. are you gonna take your top off yeah yeah like who are these guys like uh adolescents or something it was, it was really weird yeah yeah like that's your employee <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i know that uh yeah this is some stuff that didn't really make sense um well so then uh opening night hits um and the crowds start coming in and uh you know we're, we're kind of now cutting back to like where the movie started by uh showing like the the night of you know the the main event here um people are going through the the haunt um you know the scares are happening and then we see things start going wrong in the basement um through the cameras like these kind of hooded figures start popping out and uh, abducting you know the, the people coming through the haunt and uh the, the the one actress that's also down there is is being attacked and she's trying to call out for help but everyone thinks it's just a part of the act uh so what did you think i felt like this was like a lot of like mayhem like happening and like uh this was kind of like the climax of the film but what, what, what did you think i thought it was pretty cool we saw like bits of the mayhem from the um customer's point of view in the beginning of that documentary but here we got to see uh the footage taken by our main characters and see what was causing the mayhem right um and i thought it was pretty cool actually yeah. um the the actress downstairs being chained up and getting attacked we don't see a lot but it, it makes it even creepier mm-hmm. um yeah and and then as we start to see what our what happens to our characters here i think it gets pretty creepy too yeah 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 i, I feel the same way i feel like they did a good job of like uh, capturing the chaos because like you, you've got this crowd of people who are suddenly being attacked you're seeing these glimpses of these hooded figures which i, I don't know did you think these like demons or whatever looks pretty scary yeah, I mean, to me, really, all you need is some hooded figures, and I'm I'm scared. You yeah. know, if you use them in the right way. Right, right. I think they did a good job on this one. I think the director also did a good job, 
even though this is a low budget found footage movie, this has way more extras than most found footage movies we see. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of people in this house and outside of the house and emergency vehicles and stuff. Yeah. Um, they did a good job corralling all those people and, uh, and directing a pretty big epic scene for a, for a found footage movie and, and really capturing the chaos. Well, yeah, it felt really real. Like this is how it might go down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was cool to see. Uh, yeah. So, so that all goes down. Uh, people are like escaping, running out of there, screaming, uh, people are getting attacked in the basement and, and we see these, uh, quick glimpses. Um, meanwhile in the house, I think Sarah and one of the dudes, you know, try to escape doors are kind of shutting on them and, uh, they're running up into the attic. They get up to the attic and, uh, they find one of their crew members has hung themselves and they're suddenly surrounded by a group of like these robed figures. Um, and then one of the crew members die. And I think that's where like the footage cuts and we jump back to, uh, current day where, where they're interviewing Sarah. Um, so Sarah says at this point to the reporter that she's tired of telling the story and she wants to go home, but she tells the reporter that she should go to the house and, uh, see it for herself. It's worth seeing. So, uh, the reporter decides to go, she leaves, but her crew is still kind of like watching the rest of the tape and they see that Sarah was actually killed back then that night, you know, after all this happened, it turns out Sarah went downstairs, found her boyfriend. Her boyfriend killed her and then killed himself. So I think this is a twist that, like, this girl that they've been interviewing this whole time uh, has been uh, dead, right? So she was she was basically a ghost. Is that your I impression? Think it's fair to call that a twist. Yeah, she was a ghost. Yeah. Could you? Uh, there, there was a scene of her, like, in her reflection on the table that I, I think they lingered on for a while. There was they weren't like alluding to anything there, were they? Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, it was, it was a weird camera angle for a while, and I thought they might have been trying to do something with it. But, you know, I, I think it was just, uh, it probably wasn't uh, anything significant there. Okay. But it, it, I think we kind of saw this coming, right? Like, with how weird she was acting in the beginning and how she's been, like, missing for five years. I didn't, for some reason, that never crossed my mind that she was dead the whole time. Oh, okay, okay. It really should have. Yeah, I feel like when someone shows up after five years, you don't know where they've been, they say they're in a better place now and uh, they're acting kind of weird. You just kind of assume they're a ghost. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Safe assumption. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. I probably know a few ghosts. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd be surprised. Uh, so, the, so the movie ends now with this reporter. She's gone to the house, uh, Hell House, the, the Bandit Hotel. She's kind of like going through the house, and it's interesting because they're like uh, showing the footage of her as she's walking through the house, cutting back to other parts in the film where we saw the crew building the haunted house. So I feel like there's some kind of sentimentality, sentiment, uh, or emotional kind of connection being brought in here. Um, but uh, she opens a room uh, in one of the the rooms, and she finds the ghost of Sarah in there. And before she can escape, all the hooded figures show up again, and I think that's where the movie cuts out, right? Yeah, the hooded figure starts to move towards the uh, documentarian, and then we hear them like screaming and everything, and see the camera fall to the ground. Right. So, yeah. uh, would you, in your explanation of this, would you say Sarah's ghost came back to lure back this reporter who was doing a documentary on this? Yeah. Yep. More souls for the harvest. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Good strategy on their part. Yeah. Um, it's funny when the documentarian was like going through the house, and they were. Like you said, they would like, she'd be like, okay, this was the bar. And then they'd cut back to a slow motion scene of all the characters like smiling and laughing together at the bar. Yeah. I'm like, really? Were they all ever having a good time together? Because I don't remember that. <laughs> they were like bickering the whole time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That's that, that, that a really interesting move. Uh, but I, I don't know if it hit the, so it didn't have like the intended uh, impact for you then, or, like the effect mm-hmm. of like. Feeling sentimental? No, not for me. It didn't. It didn't increase my sentiment for the characters. How about you? Uh, I don't know. It kind of made me remember earlier of the film. Like, yeah, I guess like a give me a false sense of like a fondness for the characters, which I didn't have throughout the whole film until that point. But now that you say like, yeah, those scenes, those weren't like great like character building scenes or like them having a good time together. So, uh, yeah, second guessing it now. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, I mean, that's that's good. Good on the movie if it could make you second guess that that it yeah. had didn't done a great job before. Yeah, yeah. For a second there, I almost bought into it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what, what did you think? What, what did you like about this film? What, what didn't you like about it? 
You know, maybe they start to become more likable as they start to really like deal with the messed up shit that's happening as it progresses. But uh, yeah, still, still. Yeah, I feel like um, some on some of those nighttime scenes, uh, like as the movie goes, they kind of start to bond a little bit more, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit more, but uh, for the most part, they're they're just kind of like flat personalities and and not yeah. really bonding that much, or they're like straight up cussing at each other. Yeah, yeah, right, and not and not like getting the fuck out of there like they should be. Yeah, yep, yeah. Um, well, as the listener can guess and has put together, I'm pretty down on the characters and the way they interact with each other. But I thought the acting itself was pretty good, um, mm-hmm. even though they weren't necessarily acting like people I would like. I don't think that's the actor's fault. Um, and everything else, as far as a found footage movie goes, was actually pretty good. Like, like we said, the set design was great. The camera was used effectively. The setting was great. The whole premise and setup for it, I thought was awesome. Like you're setting up a haunted house alone, just the five of you, you're sleeping there and creepy stuff starts to happen and maybe it's actually haunted. That's a great premise and I think they delivered on that premise really effectively and it it successfully built up to be like, okay, things are getting more and more messed up. Like Once things started getting scary, I think the pacing was really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I was legit scared for a good chunk of the movie. Oh, it, sure. It's, it's not the scariest movie we've seen, but uh, I thought it was pretty effective in its scariness. Yeah, like those nighttime sequences where like the clown is randomly showing up. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. somebody somebody was just in his room in the background, or there was a scene where Sarah was just banging her head against the wall. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think my biggest complaints are that I don't like the characters, and that we have no explanation for why one of the characters gave this vital piece of information to another character that made them stay in the house, even though they were terrified and we never found out what that vital information was. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's a pretty big, pretty big hole. But, uh, yeah, uh, those are two really big flaws, but I can't think of many other flaws aside from those. How do you feel? Man, exactly the same. Uh, characters uh, weren't great. Uh, dialogue uh, weak and like yeah, pacing. I thought there were a lot of pacing issues earlier on, and, and once the scare started to come in, I, I feel like the film kind of redeemed itself. Uh, that whole build up towards like the opening nights. I, I mean, I, I loved it, and I thought the chaos of the opening night was captured great. And to your point, like the scares were really well done, props and like the the setting, uh, all all really well in the set design great they had some great visuals and, and scary sequences and well well sequenced when those kick in uh but yeah that that missing critical plot points uh just really pissed me off that that they would do that um the other question uh the, the whole idea of like this frame story like you have this uh whole wraparound story of this documentary crew in modern day kind of looking back and then at the end did, did you feel like that was critical i uh, part of me felt like that was a little unnecessary but what, what did you think I thought it added a nice little uh, extra element to the movie, a little extra something. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. I. I to me, it felt a little bit forced. Like, uh, did we need uh, this whole storyline of like Sarah's ghost coming back to do an interview uh, with the documentary? It just seems like a weird thing a ghost might do. Uh, I, I. I don't know. That doesn't strike you as odd in any way. Um. <clears throat> no, I. I kind of like that actually, but I see what you mean, and there's a possibility for a better movie where they take that time and focus it on character building and then we just end with Sarah dying Um, Mm -hmm. and then it feels like a bigger deal when she dies because we actually know some things about her right right exactly Um, so yeah yeah maybe maybe uh, that was kind of a function of some of the movies flaws like it it spent some time on what kind of was a gimmick almost instead of actual character building yeah, and you know, do do you think at all? Uh, so so we had a few formats here, as we mentioned at the, at the top of this, uh, that yeah, there's this mockumentary style, and then there's this found footage thing, and the fact that you're switching between these formats, uh, I feel like maybe it pulls away from the characters a bit. It, versus like if this had just been found footage film of a group of people building a haunted house, and you get to know Sarah more, and it ends with like Sarah dying or being murdered. Um, would that have been a stronger narrative versus having like these kind of different formats and different time periods and different characters and, and that, that kind of layer of it? 
I, 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 part of me kind of thinks that might have pulled away from like what could have been more stronger characters and like a narrative uh, since you have like uh, different time periods and, and different uh, angles of it. I think I'd accept that argument more if there weren't so many opportunities to build characters just within the found footage elements <laughs> of the movie that they kind of just didn't take advantage of. Yeah, it's like they had the time, but they just like right. Just, it's not like they were tight yeah. on time. It, it, there was there was plenty of dialogue that uh, was a little bit empty and, and yeah. useless, and, and could have instead been filled with uh, character development. Yeah, you know, a movie that juggled this whole thing well, like a found footage within a mockumentary, was um, a movie called Butterfly Kisses from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you told me about that one. Yeah, yep. I did a written review on that for our site. So if if you like this movie, listeners, and um, even if we're pissing you off with our review of it, go check out Butterfly Kisses. I think that's on Prime. It's a pretty good mockumentary slash found footage. I liked it. Cool. And it did yeah. a good job like um, having the mockumentary side of things complement the found footage side of things. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's I, th- I think it's really interesting when you have like, when you're trying to mix found footage with like another type of format. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds like you, you can make that work if you do it the right way. And, and you think this one could have worked if they had just had better dialogue uh, throughout or something. Yeah, and you know, I, I will go ahead and say it did work for me because um, I liked the suspense of knowing, seeing the footage of the haunted house and everything going wrong and seeing the news coverage about what happened first. Like, mm. I think I preferred that a little bit more to just jumping, jumping in. right in with this crew. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good setup at, at the beginning, too, and it kind of, like, prepares you for, like, what you're about to see, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, and it has some spookiness when you get the backstory and, and some people in the town and their opinion of the place and what had happened there in the past and stuff like yep. that. I thought it added some some depth to the overall story and premise. And, sure. And there's no reason we couldn't have added some depth to the characters, too, while, while still having both of those things happen at the same time. True, true. Yeah, yeah, that could have happened for sure. Um, did, uh, is your understanding then that in the basement of this hotel, there was the gates to hell or something and these demons were coming out from there? Yeah, I believe so. And in the director's cut, I think you even see like the basement opening up and that actress who is chained up falling down into the chasm. Oh, okay, like a okay. chasm of fire. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. I didn't realize there was a director's cut. I wish I had watched that whole thing. I'm not sure if maybe that that reason that is not revealed in the other cut is is there in the director's cut or not. But yeah, yep, okay. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's a cool uh, cool concept. I mean, I love that idea of like there's just been a hotel and in the basement uh, you could find your way to hell that way. It's cool. Yeah, I love a good uh, good gates to hell scenario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was like a good front door. Yeah. Uh, any guesses? I mean, I, I know we both are pissed off about uh, the lack of detail on why people were staying there. What was the deal with Alex? Because he, he knew this place was, uh, you know, what it was, like that it had this history. And then there was some reason that he couldn't, or that they couldn't leave there. Do you have a hypothesis for why might that, that might have been the case? Maybe he was just in like financial ruin or something like that. Hmm. Okay. And, and that I just was, have no idea why you wouldn't. And it was such a weird scene. They were like out in the middle of this grassy field. Like, <laughs> hey, it was just, what? That was so I, random. It, it was yeah. way out of left field. Yeah, that was such a weird face. <laughs> maybe, maybe they got the feedback that like this movie's coming across as too bro Let's put these two dudes in like a nice open meadow and have like a heart-to-heart conversation. Right. <laughs> Instead of just a bunch of dude bros yelling at each other, yeah. could you... Have them speaking softly to each other in a grassy field <laughs> with a breeze, a gentle breeze, yeah. please. With a deep sense of understanding that they don't need to speak about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of did a 180 there as well. Exactly. Uh, cool. Well, anything else you want to mention or you want to jump to the rating? I think let's jump to the rating. All give right, me well, a rating scale. All right. How many demons coming out of the wall would you give this one? I still, despite some of my grievances, give it 3.5 demons coming out of the wall because it it was spooky holy shit man i'm surprised you're just like a stickler for character development and like being able to be bought into characters this is this is uh pretty crazy that, that you're on board with this one yeah i don't to tell you the truth i'm a little surprised i wrote down that number as well i think it at least is a three for me because i i think it's a successful scare vehicle 
I yeah. think it does scares better than a lot of horror movies do. Um, yeah. So it's at least a three. I wrote down a three and a half, so that's what I'm going with. Nice, nice. Cool, man. What Glad about you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's very scary, uh, especially I lo- love the dummy. I love some of the ghosts. Uh, uh, but yeah, the character issues kind of bothered me, and then the lack of explanation kind of uh, really... I, I don't know. I just woke up this morning so angry when I realized that they never circled back on that idea. So... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm still kind of mixed about the frame story ver, uh, setup of this and like coming back to like that ending. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little lower than you. I had it at two and a half demons coming out of the wall. Okay. Three. We average to a three, which is probably where this belongs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like the right place to get to. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, anything else you want to add on this one? That's all I got. All right. Well then, uh, that is it for our discussion on Hell House LLC. Uh, I'm assuming their filing status as a limited liability corporation protects them in the case of the injuries and fatalities that were caused. What, what do you think? <laughs> isn't that, isn't that why isn't you said that? Actually, limited liability company. Uh, I thought it was corporation. You, you think it's company? I don't think you're incorporated if you're an LLC. I'm gonna do another rare live Google. I thought you're incorporated as an LLC. Sorry. I'm not even sure what incorporated means at this point. I'm mm. going to find music to play. This yeah. yeah, limited liability company. Oh, company. Okay, nice one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, hopefully their losses were limited on on the number of deaths that happened that night. Um, yeah, that's why you limit that liability. Yeah, yeah. That's gotta Go that route instead of a sole proprietorship. Exactly. Exactly. Good, good on them. Uh, so if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts that's going to help other people find our show and we always appreciate the feedback if you want to join the discussion you can find our links at horrormovieclub.com or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com we'll be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode we're also on Discord so you can uh, join us and other fans of horror on there and uh, that link is on our website we also have a Patreon page in case you want to support the show. You can find that at patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Our logo is by Amy Mae Popart. She is on Etsy, and you can find some great merchandise for our show on there. Until next time, if there is a hot new spot that's opening up in your area, whether it's a restaurant or a haunted house or uh, some other type of venue, maybe consider skipping out on opening nights and wait a week or so for the demons to do their thing and then plan to visit after that. Yeah, patch up, let them patch up that hell gate first. Yeah, close, close those doors. Yeah.